The reading this morning is taken from Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. There is a holy river whose streams make make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. God will help it when the morning dawns. The nations are in an uproar. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. The year was 1527, and many leaders of the German Reformation were being martyred. Some burned at the stake for heresy. Among them was Leonhard Kaiser, a German vicar who was a close friend and follower of Martin Luther. Amazingly, Luther's response to this outpouring of hatred was, not, was to turn not to the sword, but to his pen, and compose the great Reformation hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Against all the evil of the world, he sings, there is no defense on this earth. We cannot fight it with our own might alone, but through faith in God, we can hold the field and his kingdom will be ours. Today, nearly 500 years later, Luther's strong words, augmented by his own stirring melody, are as inspirational as they were for the Reformation of the 16th century, a defiant an inspiring statement of the strength of God against the power of evil. 200 years after Luther wrote the famous hymn, Bach wrote a cantata based on this melody and text for one of the most important Sundays uh, of the Lutheran church year, Reformation Day. This day was of particular importance for the Lutheran church as it celebrated the the Augsburg Confession, the primary statement of the Lutheran Church. And this particular Sunday for which it was written, August, October 31st, 1727, was the 300th anniversary of that Augsburg Confession. So it was a most, most important Sunday for the life of the Lutheran Church. The cantata you're about to hear today, Ein Festeburg ist unser Gott, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, is one of the high points in the history of church cantatas. Together with his uh, librettist, the poet Salomon Frank, Bach expresses a multidimensional, very personal human approach to faith. All four verses of Luther's hymn are used in the cantata. As a counterpoint to Luther's words, Frank based his text on the gospel of the day, the 11th chapter of Luke, which ends with a lawyer trying to trick Jesus. Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, 
and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. Bach builds on Luther's hymn, uh, Luther's hymn of strength to incorporate heart, soul, and mind in his prescription to achieve eternal life. Luther has one primary focus, the defeat of evil by belief in the word of God. Bach writes with an understanding of the need to express one's love for God and to feel God's love for us. So Bach intertwines Luther's hymn with words and music that express a broad range of emotion and meaning, from the militant to a very personal desire for God to enter your heart. The monumental opening chorus, using the first verse and best-known verse of A Mighty Fortress is Our God, represents the immutable power of God's might. Here, Luther paraphrases the psalm that we just heard, the same words that Bach's congregation would have heard nearly 300 years ago, in German, of course. God is our strength. Bach creates a magnificent, complex musical structure to represent a fortress built on a rock-solid foundation. For the chorus, Bach sets Luther's poem in an ancient motet style. Each section enters one at a time with a variant of Luther's melody until all voices complete the phrase together. He begins each line of the hymn the same way, each voice part, different one usually, entering one by one until all the phrases are heard. But Bach's musical structure is much more complex than what is heard in the chorus. The cello and organ are not playing only what the basses sing, which would have been usual, but instead elaborate and embellish that bass line. Then be sure to listen as the oboes and trumpets together enter after the chorus and strings, playing Luther's unembellished tune high above the chorus. Bach's eldest son, Wilhelm Friedemann, added those trumpet parts after, after his father's death, uh, but it's remained as a favorite to keep in because it adds so much to the grandeur of the movement. Then, in a stroke of musical genius, Bach echoes the melody two beats later in the lowest notes of the organ, three and four octaves below. The, the end of the movement has the organ holding a low D, for seven measures, while the basses sing the last line of Luther's hymn, On Earth is Not His Equal. A firmer foundation and a mightier fortress cannot be imagined. As you follow the text and translation of the cantata in your, in your bulletins, you'll notice that some of the lines are presented in bold type. These are the four verses of Luther's hymn. The second movement begins with unison strings, playing an unrelenting rush of 16th notes. The solo bass enters with a very elaborate running line which continues throughout the section. The text Bach chose states that it is by our baptism that we swear loyalty to Christ. It is here that Bach begins inserting his own interpretation of Luther's text. Simultaneously over that vocal line, the soprano sings Luther's well-known melody and words reinforced with the oboe. The words of the librettist Franck complement and strengthen the words of Luther. There is no hint of hesitation or doubt in any note or word. Who is he, the Lord God of Sabaoth? There is no other God. He will hold the field. Bach was not only a musician, but also a learned theologian. For him, a cantata was not just a musical statement of faith, 
but is meant to elaborate, interpret, and illuminate the Word of God. Elaborate, interpret, and illuminate the Word of God. In other words, it's a sermon in music. It took place in the service, uh, either right after a sometimes two-hour-long sermon, which uh, you don't have to worry about that this morning, uh, and, or, or very often the cantata was split in two and the sermon would, would happen in, in the middle. He often included a type of sermon in the middle of the cantata itself in the form of a recitative. In the third movement, the duet for, uh, for bass and soprano, he makes the transition from the militant tone of Luther, of victory and sin and death, to the more personal, consider this immense love, child of God. Your heart is God's kingdom on earth. Let it not become a desert. A desert is sand, a weak foundation, and you can't build a strong fortress of faith with a weak heart. The transition to a personalized expression of the spiritual reaches its peak in the aria at the center of the cantata and its only solo number. The soprano, accompanied by the simplest bass line, with great purity of voice and in a beautiful lilting lullaby, invites Jesus to enter our hearts, literally Herzen's house, our heart's house, and by doing so, drive out sin. Here, how Bach extends the word verlangen, which is desiring or very literally longing, giving it added significance. And then in the, toward the middle of the aria and toward the end as well, the command vic, away, is repeated a total of 12 times, demanding that sin and Satan be driven away and showing a determination to renew our faith. The aria ends with a repeat of the longing for Jesus to enter our hearts. The third stanza of Luther's hymn brings us back to the battle. The 18th century Scottish philosopher Thomas Carlyle, in a comment on Luther's poetry, wrote that there is something in it like the sound of alpine avalanches or the first murmur of earthquakes. In the very vastness of which dissonance, a higher unison is revealed to us. In a great reversal of the structure of the opening number, the choir sings the hymn tune in unison with the strings, English horns, and trumpets in a free musical fantasy. What you heard this morning, the toccata, is a type of free musical fantasy. Toccata literally means to touch, and Bach was trying to let you imagine that he was improvising that. If you notice that in, that opening was so it's a hesitant, stopping, starting, and then getting rolling, and that was a free musical fantasy. Well, this number is also similar to that. Um, the orchestra is not an accompaniment to the hymn at all, for the core of the composition is here in the instruments, with the choir riding over the top, as the wind instruments did in the first movement. Central to Luther's message is that we have the power within us to conquer a world of evil just by the belief in God. In the monumental architecture of Bach's great cantata, the last three movements mirror the first three in reverse order, recitative, duet, and final chorus. And if you look at the end of the translations, you'll see a little graphic right at the bottom of the, of the insert. And that's Bach's seal. And if you notice, you see his initials, JSB, on the left, 
And what do you see on the right? It's a mirror of his initials. And he built many of his structures on that mirror reversal, both within pieces and as the larger architecture of some of the pieces. The tenor's recitative and the words, uh, uh, tenor's words and the recitative that follows, though written by Franck, reinforce the ferocity of Luther. If you only hear and keep the word of God, the enemy shall be forced to flee. The seventh movement, labeled a duet, is really a quintet for alto, tenor, oboe, violin, and cello, as they are of equal musical importance. The sung lines alternate between a lovely flowing melody and a highly embellished extension of it, as if the simple melody must just burst forth with the ecstasy of love for God. Because this beautiful poetry is so much of a counterpoint to the early stern warnings of the tenor, making it a much more personal expression, I feel it warrants reading. How blessed are they who carry God on their lips, but much more blessed is the heart that holds him in faith. It remains unconquered and can strike the foe and shall at last be crowned when it overcomes death. He is saying that as blessed as it is to speak the word of God, faith must be in the heart in order to defeat evil and death. The final chorale, the fourth and last stanza of Luther's hymn, is presented much as Bach's congregation would have known it. They may even have joined in. It reminds us that God's kingdom will stay with us after all else in the world is gone. Essayist Boyd Pearson recently wrote, The meaning is a great battle. Battle against forces arrayed against good, battle against forces of darkness. With Christ as captain of the armies of good, Christ as victor, God as foundation. The picture of an unmovable and good God of peace and love and light permeates the chorale in an aggressive, joyful, and triumphant musical expression. The Reformation was a time of great upheaval, with a break from Roman doctrine being led by Luther. The church militant, soldiers of Christ, casting out devils, which by implication for Luther was the Pope, precipitated a century of persecution, religious and political wars, finally ending after the devastating Thirty Years' War in 1648. Only two generations later, at a time of relative peace and stability, Bach was able to look inside the walls of the mighty fortress and find the personal dimension of spirit through music. How appropriate to Bach's congregation for that Reformation Sunday in 1727 were the last lines of the psalm for the day. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth and breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nation. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Two weeks ago, here in this beautiful chapel, Nicholas so eloquently said, rather than seeing ourselves as human beings trying to be spiritual, we are, in fact, spiritual beings. Rather than seeing ourselves as human beings trying to be spiritual, we are, in fact, spiritual beings. Our role is to discover what it means to be human. 
Bach, through his music, helps us in that journey of discovery. If we listen closely and open our hearts to the power of his musical language. It's a joy and privilege to, for us to perform this great cantata for you. It's made possible by the hard work, dedication, talents, and support of so many of you. Thank you. <laughs>